0: Our text today is what we want to focus on from Psalm chapter 51, and uh, I'm having a new experience with the Lord these days that I am celebrating and giving thanks to God for that opportunity. Um, Let's hear the word of the Lord. I'm going to try to divide this message into three parts as we talk about the cleansed heart. I know some of you love to take notes and some of you could care less. I understand that too. <clears throat> but the cleansed heart is a repenting heart. It's not an old sermon. It's a brand new word from the Lord. So I pray it will bless you today. The cleansed heart is a repenting heart. The cleansed heart is a redeemed heart. The cleansed heart is a rejoicing heart. And when you're clean on the inside, uh, you love the love that comes out of you on the outside is from God and its holiness And it's of the Lord. Let's read about it in Psalm chapter 51. This is kind of a long text here today, but I shared that three parts with you so that as we go through it, you might see um, the three sections here. Section number one, the the heart that is a cleansed heart is a heart that's repenting. I didn't say repented and quit. I said repenting. It's a continual process. Hear the word of the Lord. Be gracious to me, O God. According to your loving kindness. Paul said, I want you to know the height, breadth, width, depth of the love of God that's unknowable. According to the greatness of your compassion, bought out my sin, my transgression. Wash me, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever in front of me. Against you, Lord, and you only, have I sinned, done what is evil in your sight. He had an affair with Bathsheba, you know. He had her husband killed on the front lines of battle. And a man of God came to him, a good friend, and said to King David, uh, told him a parable, and David said, that's a terrible thing that that man would do. And David said, you're that man. Against you, Lord, and you only, I've sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you, God, are justified. God's always right. Whatever God does, he's always Right, that's the righteousness of God. God is always right, He's in the right always, and He's seeing to it that the right gets done. That is the righteousness of God. So God is always right, He's justified whatever He says. God's always right and I'm always wrong and blameless, God, when you judge. When I repent of sin. When I ask God to just simply restore me, I have to remember that there are times in my life that I didn't realize that I was the sinner. I'd like to blame somebody else. I'd like to blame my parents. I'd like to blame my wife, Linda Lou, my children that make me angry, my grandchildren. I know now why some animals eat their young. I understand that now. I've spent seven days with a two-year-old and a six-year-old in a little small condominium in a, in a family van. And if I hear a baby shark do-do-do-do-do-do one more time, I'm going to go nuts. And I can blame my kids, and I can say it's their fault. And I enjoy my little two-year-old granddaughter. She's just precious as she can be but I've learned something about you girls that I didn't know before. Never had girls in my house, didn't grow up with girls, and uh, never understood all that, but I'm I'm beginning to learn. Uh, Little two-year-old girls can look at you two ways. They can look at you like this, get about anything they want from Papa. and then I call that the sweet eye. Then they can look at you like this, Right there is a stink eye. I'm learning. I'm catching on. No, it's not my kid's fault that I'm got the problems I've got. It's not the world's fault. It's not somebody else's fault. It's me. I, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. In the book of 1 John, and chapter two, and verse sixteen, is a very powerful word from the Lord. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 says, For all that is in this world out here that I like to blame, <clears throat> all that's in this world, three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from God, but it's from the world. I want to mention those three things this morning just a little bit. I'm finding that in life, I'm responsible for my sin. Satan is doing everything he can to have this desire that I'm born with to be selfish, a desire to have everything I see and everything I want. Satan, I was born that way. I was born in the world of sin. Satan is using that in me and my life to continually tempt me. And I think there's some parallel between those three sins, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and the three temptations of Jesus when he was in the desert uh, being tempted by Satan himself. If he tempted Jesus, do you think he's going to leave you alone? No, he's not. Don't you be fooled about it. There's something in you that wants everything you see, just like my seven-year-old, my six-year-old grandson. That boy I told him this week, I said, Son, you got a want worm. you got a want worm in your belly that will never be satisfied until you know Jesus is your Savior and your Lord. He's begun a journey with Jesus. He has been baptized, but he's still got that want worm. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. And uh, we want things, we want nice things, we want toys, it's, we want uh, We want to go here, we want to go there, uh, we want to do this, we want to do that. Satan will use that want worm in your heart that wants and longs for everything that's out here in the world. But when you read that verse of scripture I just read to you a while ago, it says right here in the next word, verse, everything you want out there is doing what? What does the next verse say? Everything you want out there in the world is passing away. It's passing away. It's passing away. And also it's, and also, it's lust. So be careful for what you want. When you leave here today, you can have about anything you want out there in this world. Uh, but you can't have everything. You can have just about anything you want these days, but you can't have everything. And What you decide you want, there's a price to be paid. Works every time that way. There's a price to be paid. So a cleansed heart, a cleansed heart begins with repentance, and, I, and, and a lot of times I, I, I resist uh, being humble and repentant. God has a way of keeping me humble. Through a lot of things. Sometimes it's my illness. Uh, sometimes it's uh, an accident. Uh, sometimes it's a, a confrontation by another brother in Christ. I'll never forget being called to a prayer event where some of us pastors met up in Louisville for a morning prayer breakfast, and we went around the little circle we had and said, how can we pray for each other? We're whining, complaining about our churches and how we can our churches ain't right and need the Lord, and what's wrong with everybody in the church? And we came to this Asian American pastor in our association who loved the Lord, devoted to Christ, and said, Brother, how can we pray for you? And here's what he said. I'll never forget. I don't know how many years ago, probably 20, 30 years ago, he said, Pray that I will remain humble and repentant. And that's all he said. I believe it was a Korean pastor that's probably still living up there in Louisville. Had two or three congregations. Never forget that. What a great goal that is for every believer in Christ Jesus. How can I pray for you? Pray that I will remain humble and repentant. That song I used to sing back down in Louisiana, I thought it had a great tune, but it had an even greater message. Whatever it takes, Lord, to be close to you, that's what I'm willing to do. I'll trade sunshine for rain. I'll trade comfort for pain. Name several others. That's what I'm willing to do, Lord. Whatever it takes to be close to you, Lord, that's what I'm willing to do. That song is a precious song. The words are powerful. Can you sing that song? When I retired from the church up in Louisville, I'd lost my health. I'd lost my career. I'd lost my, just lost a lot of things. We'd lost our son as well. And I sang that song again before I left that church. And God willing, whenever he calls me to whatever next assignment I have, I'll sing it to you. I sang that song up there. What does it take to serve the Lord and follow the Lord? A humble and willing spirit to say, Lord, whatever it takes, I'll serve you. I reminded my son uh, James in our time in the over there in the little town of Lahane or whatever it was, that his little brother, the day he died, wrote the last Devotion of his life. Got up that morning, read his Bible, went through his H-E-A-R like I'm trying to train some of you here in the future. And the last sentence he wrote, he said, Lord, may my motivation today be to serve you alone, my creator. That's a humble and a willing spirit And I say to people, when I grow up, I want to be like that boy, spiritually. But it's going to take a humble and a willing spirit. It's going to take a repenting spirit. Folks, there ain't anything wrong with repenting of your sin. It's more than saying, God, I'm sorry that I got caught. God, I'm sorry I did that. It says, God, I'm going to stop doing that. God, I'm going to stop doing that. There are some things in our lives that are keeping us from being effective in the Lord because we can't say no to what the world wants from us. The world wants us on Facebook all the time scrolling. I tell you, I've gotten so addicted to that Facebook, I I left it out all this week. It's a great tool in the right place in the right hands but it is DESIGNED to addict you just like the casinos are designed to addict you to gambling in those slot machines that's going like that. That's how it's built. And I heard and saw on TV the man that built that Facebook thing and said, we built a monster. We're sorry we did it, but we created an addicted society, and I'll be the first to confess to you. That Facebook has been both a tool of ministry, but also a temptation to sin. Just Facebook. Just Facebook. If you'd be willing to repent and say, Lord, take away in my life what's hurting me, and say, Lord, I put it all out here on the table. Just empty your pockets and say, Lord, I put it all out there on that table. And say, Lord, you take away what's hurting me. Go through your house, go through your bedroom, go through your TV, go through your your literature at the house. Go out on the farm, go out and and look at your cars and look at your boats and look at your toys and your tools and say, Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. Lord, you just take it away. Take it all away. Because it's all going to go away anyway, one day. It's all going to go away anyway, one day. I wish I'd thought about that yesterday. That's a great saying. That must be coming from the Lord this morning. Amen? It's all going to be taken away anyway someday. It is. Our journey with God begins with repentance. Our journey with Jesus Christ begins with repentance. And here's the gospel repentant prayer. Dear Jesus, I know that you are the Son of God. Jesus, I know that you died for me on the cross, and I believe that you were raised from the dead. Will you forgive me? For I am a sinner. Not I've done a few things wrong, but my condition is a condition of sin that moves to the second part of this passage. I need redemption. I don't don't only need to repent. Number two, I need to change and I can't change myself only the grace and the power of Almighty God can change me I can't change you I can't even change myself but as I repent before the Lord he can created me a new heart Watch what he says in verse 5 behold I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me he's not saying it's my mama's fault He said, when I was born, I was born in the world of sin. Sin comes naturally for me. Behold, he said, you desire truth in the innermost being. Redemption starts with the truth. What's the truth? Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. The truth is God loves you. The truth is Christ died for you. The truth is we can be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ when we accept Him into our life as our Savior and our Lord. Salvation comes through the truth of the gospel. And as the preacher used to preach up in Ohio, we have the truth, we have the truth, we have the truth, because we have the Word of God with us. You desire truth in the innermost being. God wants you to be honest with Him when you repent. And in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. God will give you discernment. God will give you wisdom as you repent. Now, verse 7 is very interesting. He says, purify me with hyssop. What in the world is hyssop? It's all in the Bible. Uh, hyssop begins in the Old Testament when God's people were called upon by Moses to paint the blood on the doorhouse of the sacrificed lamb, and he said, you take, they mix some hyssop on there, which is an herb. It's got a little bitter taste to it, and what, however they did it, they put it together, and they used it like you would use paint on a wall. And they put the sacrificed blood of that lamb on that doorpost, and the children of Israel's children uh, were not killed that night because of the death plague. And the next day, Moses led them out, they crossed the Red Sea eventually, and finally into the Promised Land. The same hyssop is what King David is talking about here in this passage of Scripture. The hyssop is also uh, the mixture that was put upon um, the uh, a mop, if you will, of, of vinegar that was given, offered to Jesus when he was dying upon the cross. And as Jesus was dying on that cross, uh, he said on the cross, I'm thirsty. His last words, I'm thirsty. Almost his last words, I'm thirsty. Family wouldn't got a mop with vinegar in him. And hyssop. and to apply that to the throat and to apply that to the mouth was an act of grace. And that's all the grace they could give Jesus. And after they gave him that, he said, it is finished. And he died for our sin. Our act of grace to Jesus on the cross cannot be compared to the grace of God that was shed for us when Jesus died on that cross. Do you all understand that? Can't be compared. Purify me with hyssop. Now, when I read the word hyssop, I think about his soap, God's soap. You know, Daddy, ever, Mom ever tell you I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap? Anybody had that experience? One or two of you. Well, you're very fortunate people. My mother and not have really said that, but I've heard that all my life. God has a soap, if you will, S-O-A-P, if you will. God has a soap that will cleanse you and, and refresh you and give you a whole new outlook on the world, and it's called the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God. So he said, Wash me with all this, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear, he said again, your joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice, and Lord, hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquities. Folks, that is the redemption of our Lord Jesus Christ that he provides for us when he died for us on the cross. Now, the last and very best part of this passage is in verse 10 through verse 13. Create in me a clean heart, O God. The cleansed heart is a heart that rejoices and can is refreshed and wants to celebrate and wants to praise the Lord. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew this steadfast spirit within me. Help me be faithful, Lord. Help me to be steadfast. Lord, you can count on me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation, of your salvation, and sustain me with that willing spirit. Somebody in here this morning needs some encouragement in being steadfast and faithful in the work of the Lord. Somebody here this morning needs that encouragement to continue on and, 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 and to be used of God in a, in, in a powerful way, because you're facing some challenges, you're facing some issues that you can't handle, and we need to let God handle them. Satan wants to take away your joy through the things of the world. God wants to restore your joy through His Holy Spirit that resides in you. And finally in verse 13. In verse 13, he says, Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. Really, all that means is you got a testimony now. You got a testimony, you got a story you can tell. You have know, a story you can tell about how God has cleansed you and saved you of your sin. You got a story you can talk about of how God has changed your heart and your life and gave you a whole new outlook on the world. You've got a story to tell now about how God has spoken to you through the Word of God this morning or the last night or whatever, and you just want to share that with people. It just bubbles out of you, and uh, you've got a story that you want to tell. You can't give away what you don't have. You can't give away what you don't have. Do you have Christ in your life? Does Christ live in you? In a moment we're going to sing a song, and with all my heart, and with all the heart of everybody in this congregation, we invite you to come to Christ. And the way we do it here is to say, are you willing to recognize that you've sinned and you're willing to honor Christ by saying, come into my life, be my Lord and be my Savior, take charge of my life forgive me of my sin? That's all God is asking from you and start this journey of salvation with Him. If you're that person, would you be willing to come and profess that faith in Christ and I'll pray a prayer with you and help you give your life to the Lord. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your abundant love. Lord, we thank you for the cross of Christ and Calvary and the gospel and the salvation, Lord, that you're giving to us by faith, faith alone in Jesus. Not our works, not our goodness, nothing about us, but all about Jesus and what Jesus has done for us on the cross. God, we bless your name today. We thank you. We praise your name. As I give this invitation today, may there be one person that will come forward and say, I'm ready now to repent of my sin and give my life to Jesus and be a follower of Christ and serve Him, my true and my living God. May that person come now. May there be someone else who may want to come and pray. May there be uh, someone who wants to unite with our church family from a sister church of like faith and order. Uh, The door is open for them to come. God, you do the work in our heart that you want to do and change our heart, O oh Lord, to be more like Jesus. In Christ's name I pray, amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask him to come into your heart and change your life then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.